Hallelujah. Why don't we one more time lift up our voices and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We are in the presence of royalty tonight. A couple of weeks ago, the world tuned in to the coronation of King Charles and to the new King of England. But I'm here to declare that tonight we are in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We are in the presence of true royalty. We are in the presence of the King of Glory. So why don't we just lift our voices one more time and give glory unto God that He rightfully deserves, Lord. I don't, I don't know what you're going through tonight, but it doesn't matter what our circumstances show to us or tell us, but my worship is anchored in the truth that Jesus Christ is the King of glory. That's why I can face whatever comes my way. Because I know I'm a child of the King. I know I'm a child of God. I'm not bound by my past. I'm not a liar. I'm not a thief. By the Pope. I'm not all these things that the devil will try to remind us of. But I am forgiven and I'm a child of God tonight. If you know that, why don't you give the Lord another hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, if you turn to me to the Gospel of John chapter 4, better get to the preaching before I lose my voice, before I even start. John chapter 4, we're going to start at verse 5, and as you're finding that scripture, I just want to give honor, Pastor Simon, Katarina, thank you for the invitation to come and preach at this powerful conference god is moving we had a powerful service last night and great message last night Um, but i believe god is not done amen i said god is not done so if you came with a need tonight i'm here to declare to you that jesus is here in the place tonight and he's here to meet your need amen if you need the gift of the holy ghost you can be filled with power and anointing as God fills you with his spirit tonight. Amen. I don't know about you. I don't come to church services expecting just an ordinary church service. But if Jesus is in the building, simply by his presence being in this place, simply by default of him being in the building, then we have to have a supernatural encounter with God. Amen. And I come here expecting. Amen. So as you're standing, if you just turn it. To me in John chapter 4, we're starting at verse 5. Forgive me for there are 21 verses here, but I will read quickly. Uh, might be a long takeoff, but hopefully it's a short ride and a quick landing. 
John chapter 4, starting at verse 5. And it reads, Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is Corsica, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Verse 11, the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that, li- that living wa- water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the world, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give them shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give them shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. And Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. You don't know what you worship. Pretty harsh words. Telling it how it is. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that uh, Messiah cometh which is called Christ, when he is come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And for the next few moments, thank you, Pastor, for confirming my word last night. In your closing remarks, you shared a testimony of you going to Townsville and uh, paying a visit to the uh, place where you grew up. And, uh, and you said something, and you felt in your spirit, you know, you said something about going back to the simple things. And I already had the title for this message, and when you said that, I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. Uh, as long as the pastor confirms it, I'm all good. I'm good to go. And for the next few moments, I'm going to preach on this thought, back to basics. Back to basics. If you just put your Bibles down one more time and just agree with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you 
for your presence, Lord God, that we feel in this place. And Lord, we are saved by the foolishness of preaching, Lord God. I pray that you would just open up our ears, Lord. Open up our hearts, Lord Jesus, to receive your word, Lord God. Let it not return back void, but let it accomplish what it set out to do. I pray, Lord God, that I may preach your message with boldness and anointing and with clarity, O oh Lord God. Let us receive, oh Lord God, let us hear what the Spirit wants us to hear tonight as we give you all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Why don't you clap unto the Lord as you are seated. Thank you for standing. Praise the Lord. Wonderful worship that we had. Wonderful move of the Spirit. And, and, and you tap into the Spirit quite quickly too, uh, I must say, just my observation. <laughs> Back to basics. See, we are living in a time where things around us are developing so quickly. You know, there are degrees that you can study whereby the time you graduate, half the things that you have learnt are redundant. See, technology is moving so fast that I've made a vow to myself that I would try my best to keep up with it all. I am trying to avoid asking my kids for any help. I refuse to ask my kids. Or I'm trying anyway. I'm, not, I'm trying not to ask them how to do things because I remember my parents asking me things like, how do I forward this text message? I always remember thinking, man, I'm going to try to stay on top of this because this stuff can quickly get away from me. Unfortunately, I've already found myself asking my kids to show me how to do things on the computer and Use all these programs and all that fancy stuff. But I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. See, all these advancements are created in the name of convenience. What is the most efficient way we can do something to make life as convenient as possible? Don't get me wrong, I am not complaining that I flew here and that I didn't have to ride across Australia on horseback. I am glad that we have refrigerators and that I don't have to collect firewood just to boil a kettle of water. Thank goodness that most features in our cars are electric. See, some of us, that was a sign I needed water. See, some of us uh, are old enough to remember this, but these kids nowadays would never know the struggle before everything was electric. Of having to adjust your review mirror on the passenger side when you're driving by yourself. 
See, you have to reach over. Kids, this is how it used to be done. You used to have to reach over the passenger side, adjust the mirror, then sit upright to see if it was all good. And if not, do it again. And keep adjusting it until it was perfect. We didn't have the the convenience of mobile phones. So when you tell someone that you'll meet them at a certain place, at a certain time, you just had to be there. See, most of us here would understand that the mark of the beast is prophesied. And we believe it to be a microchip implanted in individuals and the chip will have all your personal information on it, your driver's license, your bank details, your kick out and all that. And there are places around the world that are already trying this. But it's the reasoning that always baffles me. One of the reasons I hear is I don't have to carry a wallet now. Now that will do me. Woe is me because I have to carry a wallet. Oh, what such a burden it is to carry a wallet. How much of a struggle it is to carry a wallet. How inconvenient is it for me to carry a wallet. Believe me, I'd rather carry a wallet than get something, a market chip put inside of me. But that's, I'm like, man, that's the whole level of laziness. Okay, <laughs> being worried about a wallet or a purse. Sorry. <laughs> you see, convenience and efficiency are not just focused on the finished product, but is also integrated in the whole manufacturing process. So much so that businesses would move their operation to different countries just to save a dollar. You see, sometimes convenience comes at a cost. It's great that we have uh, self-checkout services at supermarkets, but obviously that costs people their jobs. Now, where I personally draw the line, personally draw the line, is driverless cars. Now, that, that, that's it. Uh, there comes a time where you just got to say, look, technology is great, that's awesome, but enough is enough. All right? I'm driving the car. See, you see, convenience is all fine until the cost of it results in you being in danger. A few years ago, an, an entire apartment building in Mascot, Sydney, had to be evacuated because the building had been compromised. Residents of 122 units uh, had to quickly leave their, their homes because there were cracks appearing on the side of the building and people could feel the building move. Poor foundation. I had to sneak that in there. You see, corners were cut out of convenience, which put the lives of the residents at risk. There was also a similar case in Homebush, 
Sydney. Sydney builders, man. Sydney, uh, everything's sturdy here in WA. There were 3,000 residents. Uh, 3,000 residents were evacuated. But not, not only did they evacuate that one apartment building, but also the buildings surrounding it. It was that dangerous. You would have been spewing if you bought one of the, those buildings just recently. Now, don't judge me now, but there is a builder that I follow on social media. And he's paid by people to inspect brand new houses that people that hire him just bought. These are just your average houses. They're not mansions or anything like that. But the reason why he's popular is because of the defects he he always finds. The defects that he finds are unbelievable. The shortcuts that had been made which did not comply with the building standard. See, at least the, the foundation was solid. At least I was, for now. But as he inspected the houses, he would reveal all the flawed electrical, plumbing, tiling and roofing work. Shortcuts these contractors made out of the name of convenience. Do the job as quickly and cheaply as possible so that we can move to the next job. Layers of convenience. See, we too can find ourselves almost doing the same thing. It's our foundation in Christ and that fire that burns within our core can be overlaid by the things of life that have crept in out of convenience. See, the scripture that we read, Jesus is sitting at at Jacob's well and he strikes up this conversation with a Samaritan woman. See, I am always, I shared with the uh, discipleship group this morning, but I'm always fascinated when Jesus has these one-on-one conversations because he is truly the great counsellor as you witness him navigate these conversations. He navigates through people's thoughts. It's amazing as he's having these conversations to see the certain gifts of the Spirit in full operation as he's using word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning. It's just, it's like, to see the gifts in full operation. See, Jesus begins to peel back the layers of this Samaritan woman. Jesus first asks the woman, who's never named, for water. But she automatically disqualifies herself because she is a Samaritan and Jews were not to interact with her people. Yet Jesus pushes forward, nevertheless, and reveals to her a profound revelation. He says, if you knew who you were talking to, then you would have asked of me, and I would have given you living water. Profound, deep, powerful. 
powerful revelation. But instead of asking Jesus, tell me more about this living water, her response is where we find ourselves sometimes. She replied, you have nothing to draw with. You see, the thing that stood between her and receiving a revelation from Jesus was a bucket. It was pretty much a bucket. You see, she's saying, as Jesus reveals his truth about him, I have a bucket. I have this device that can draw this water. What do you have? That's going to be inconvenient. I have an object that makes it more convenient for me to draw water. You have nothing because the well is deep. And I simply submit to you tonight to not put your trust in physical resources or more trust in your physical resources than you do the word of God. Amen. Things that are a part of everyday life. Things that may seem insignificant as a bucket to draw water can still be a distraction. Our personal resources and the things that we lay our trust in is our job, our money, that house, that car you drive in. Can still be a distraction. There are countless examples of the disciples allowing their physical resources to blind them from understanding a spiritual principle. In fact, after the Samaritan woman left, the disciples returned from doing their grocery shopping. And they asked Jesus to eat, and he told them that he has meat to eat that they not know of. And their first response is, Did he order Uber Eats? Did someone else deliver food? Did did Jesus like call down some quail and some manna while we were gone? They looked at each other confused as they wondered who had already given Jesus food. Again, their physical situation and carnal understanding blinded them from a revelation. And you're probably wondering here tonight how this how does this apply to my life preacher? See, sometimes we think if I can just earn more money or work extra hours, then, I, then things will be easy at home. I can buy the things that would make my life more convenient. All that is great. And yes, all that can be a blessing. But the, all that blessing can quickly turn into a curse if it draws you away from the things of God. Amen. Our phones are great. It makes things more convenient. It makes life easier. Banking is more convenient now. Talking to relatives overseas is more convenient now. But this device that is designed to make things more convenient can also be the biggest distraction if you have your face planted in Netflix, young people, all day, not to mention some of the immoral content that you can anonymously access 
Now what does my kids were here, they would have like taken notes. Dad, you didn't say anonymously why as they critique me. See, social media can be a useful tool, amen. And thank God for these platforms, especially during lockdown. Because we were still able to connect to the church while still reaching out to the lost. But let me tell you, as great as as these platforms are when used for the kingdom, as convenient as it is to watch a church service in the comfort of your own lounge room, and no doubt maybe some of you, don't raise your hands, were in your pajamas. But as great and convenient as this was, it still does not compare to gathering as a corporate body and worshipping our Lord together. Amen. Yes, it was great that we could still be connected and we could still hear our, our pastors preach. But, uh, you know, and I was, I was preaching with my pastor online. But let me tell you, that does not compare to preaching with my pastor when we're face to face. Nothing compares to truly being in the house of God. Amen. There is no substitute to being in the presence of God. There is no convenient substitute to being in the presence of God. Amen. We've got to be in the house of God to be with the people of God. I'm simply come to remind someone, do not allow your reliance on your physical resources draw you away from the things of God. Don't let your physical resources blind you from a spiritual revelation tonight. Amen. I'm just... Holding back my ties. Yes, I said the T word. Yes, I'm just holding back my ties this week. But then I won't be able to experience the true blessings that I can't even contain. Amen. I'll take the arrows for that one. That's all. Come all the way from Sydney to preach about ties. No. Don't let the material things tonight of this world draw you away from God. Amen. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not upon thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Amen. Don't let a bucket rob you of a revelation tonight. God is speaking to us tonight. God is speaking to someone. Maybe we just have to peel away that first layer. That first thing that we struggle with. You know, he's, Jesus was a master as he navigated level one. Physical resources. When we continue to break down Jesus' conversation, we see that after he peels back the first layer, he immediately addresses the next issue. But it wasn't until after she first received the first revelation. There's method to the madness. Verse 15 in the scripture that we read, it wasn't until she said, the woman, uh, sir, give me this water that thou thirst not, neither come hither to draw, that Jesus moved on to the next issue. And Jesus said to her, go call thy husband, come hither. After Jesus moves through our reliance on material things, 
begins to address our relationships and our emotional state. There's layers to this. See, Jesus knew very well that she not only had no husband, but that she had been married five times already. Now, let me tell you, friend, well, I can't speak from experience, but you don't go through five marriages without experiencing a few things. Amen. You don't expose yourself to that many relationships without picking up some baggage, Brother Poe. See, we don't know what happened and sometimes our thoughts almost go to like, what did she do? Wrong. But we don't know what happened in each relationship. Maybe they all unfortunately died. Maybe they abused her. Maybe they were simply just toxic. But sometimes, sometimes there are certain relationships that can draw us away from the things of God. Amen. This is not encouraging. Maybe the first step, the first layer, I could deal with that. Maybe I can sacrifice some of my physical possessions. So you can talk about my possessions. I find it easier to let go of material things, but my relationships. You want me to deal with the emotional layer that I've piled on my life? See, Matthew 12, 46 to 50, I always find this scripture interesting. It reads, While he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without him, desiring to speak to him. Then one said unto him, Behold thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to speak with thee. And he answered and said unto, unto him that told him, Who is my mother and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand towards his disciples and said, Behold my mother and my brethren, for whosoever, so whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. Now, my mother's Fijian. And I can't imagine what she would do if I told her, you're not my mother. There, that's my mother. Sister so-and-so is my mother. Yeah. My mom's got a good aim with her shoe. She's got a good aim with her shoe. I can't imagine... Jesus is his this statement that's like you know when you read that it like, may seem a bit cold you know it may seem a bit ruthless but let me tell you he no doubt loved his mother and his brothers and his sisters Jesus no doubt loved his family but Jesus is here simply reminding us that he shows no partiality and there is no relationship that you may have that is more important than doing the will of God. Amen. Let me talk to some young person. There is no boy and there is no girl worth chasing if they're going to draw you away from the things of God. Amen. Maybe there are some toxic relationships. Maybe there are some friends tonight that are just a bad influence in my life that I've got to walk away from. Even some family members. Now, my family... Um, a devout, still devout, 
Catholics. And when I first gave my life to God, there was drums. And I didn't speak, and I'm close to my family, and I didn't speak to my family for a whole year. And they didn't speak to me. But before you feel sorry for me, I wasn't completely innocent in the whole situation. I was a little bit overzealous and I was, you know, no wisdom. So, but nevertheless, I could have caved in, but I made a choice. I made a choice to follow God even at the disapproval of my family. Amen. Why? Because nothing compares to having a relationship with Jesus. Amen. Can anybody, amen. Am I in a, in, a, in a Pentecostal church here of people that can testify that they have a relationship with Jesus Christ? I wonder if you would just give God glory and thank him for what we have here tonight. Let us not take it for granted. Amen. There are people who think that they're serving God and going to church yet still not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I thank God every day for his mercy and for his grace. Amen. I thank God that I have the breath of life. Why? So I can go and do my own thing? No. I have the breath of life so I can worship him, so I can give him glory, so I can give him the praise that he rightfully deserves. Amen. Because nothing compares to my relationship with God. Nothing compares to the love, to the joy, to the peace, to the strength, to the counsel, to the protection, to the provision that my God gives me. Amen. See, men will fail you. Man will fail you. I prophesy right now that man will fail you. But I also declare here tonight that Jesus will never fail. If you put your trust in him, amen. But we've got to strip this back. There's layers to this. Dealing with our reliance upon physical resources. Moving on to relationships around us. Why? Again, this conversation just gives us insight. So he's a master at it. He's a master at it. He pulls back all these layers to get to the real source of everything the object of our worship. The object of our worship. Jesus didn't just come out to this Samaritan woman and say, you don't know what you worship. No. He peeled the layers back. Verse 19, to 22 of the scripture that we read, says, the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Our, our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming, and ye shall neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship ye not, know not. You worship ye know not what. We know what we worship for the salvations of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit, and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. See, Jesus strips back the layers that we pile in our life sometimes. Our reliance upon our physical resources and material things. Some relationships that we might be put before God to get down 
to the foundation of it all. Her heart and spiritual state. You see, the Samaritans embraced a religion that was a mix of Judaism and idolatry. So their understanding of God, it was distorted. Jesus navigated his way through all the things she piled on top of what was the real heart of the matter. Who is at the center of your worship? Back to basics. My, my message is this, simply this. You may be here struggling tonight with certain things in your life. Sometimes you may feel like you're going through things and wondering, will I ever get the victory? My message tonight is simply this. Strip everything back and go back to basics. Who do I worship? Who is the object of my worship tonight? Amen. I'm a sports fan. I'm a sports fan. I might be the only one here. And on the East Coast, we tend to follow rugby league, mainly in New South Wales and Queensland. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about last Wednesday's game, so... But I follow, I follow many sports. And, and uh, it's interesting that sometimes players are kind of interviewed at halftime. And, uh, and they always, uh, they always uh, tend to be asked, oh, what can you do? What changes can you do in the second half? How can you play better? Seems to be the, the usual question. And, and they always seem to give the same responses. I always think, like, what's the point? You know what they're going to say, you know? Just hold the ball. Just be more disciplined, you know? I love it when football players say, just run hard and tackle hard. I was like, wow, that's really profound. (laughs) Run hard, tackle hard. See, but these responses are, um, they always seem repetitive to me. They always seem kind of generic, you know, just... You think that they're, 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 they're throwaway lines and their insight seems to be very basic. But let me tell you, when you strip everything back, it is the basics. It's the basics that we just got to get right. And we're always focused on the things that we've piled on top that, of that foundation. And the things that we've piled on top because of just life happens. And sometimes we just got to simplify things and strip things back. As Jesus done with this Samaritan woman as I, as I come to a close. Jesus strips back the layers of this woman's life with the questions that he was asking. He's strategic. It's strategic. They're not just random questions. But he's stripping it back. What is... What are the the physical possessions, the material possessions that you put before God? You think you, you know, I understand. We have commitments. We have a family. 
Listen, I live in one of the most expensive states and cities in the world. You know? I might not have some of the material possessions that some of my friends have, like the car that they drive in the house. But let me tell you, I can. I can obtain those things. There are jobs I can take in order to obtain those things. I choose not to because it comes at a cost. It comes to working on Sundays. It comes to working Wednesday nights or taking up jobs in certain locations where there isn't a church. There's a cost. I can. But nothing compares to this life. Nothing compares. And if it means I have to forego some of those things, it's worth it. It is worth it. You find yourself going through some things and you're struggling. Maybe just strip back a few things. Go back to basics. How is your prayer life? Are you studying God's word? Just simplify things. It's simple. It's basic. It's like what those athletes say. You think, oh, like that's just like, we say that every week. Every player says that. But it is. It's all about the fundamentals. And if it means... If the basics and the fundamentals are important to these athletes, it's so much more important to us in our spiritual walk with Jesus Christ. Amen. If God is working on your heart tonight, it's because he's simply stripped away, stripping away the layers of life that you've piled upon, that you've shrouded over your heart, over the heart of the matter. Who is your object of your worship tonight? Why don't we be upstanding? So, there's these layers, layers that we've, that we've piled on top of the, the core of our values and our foundation it should be the, a relationship with Jesus. Things that we've piled on. The things of life. Job. School. Whatever it may be. Layers of relationships that maybe we, we know within our heart we've got to walk away from. All I'm, I'm just trying to help someone tonight that's trying to tap in. And some of the things that have gotten in the way from you doing what God wants you to do. But see, all these things, all these things were stripped away. They were all under an umbrella. An umbrella, I believe, of identity. And why do I say that? Because of her first response. When Jesus asked her for water, her reply was, do you know who I am? Identity, yeah. Do you know who I am? 
And then Jesus had to strip away at all the things that she had consumed herself with or she was focused on. The umbrella of her identity was structured from the top down. And Jesus stripped it all away to get to her heart and the object of her worship. Why? To reveal who he is and to give her an identity that he builds from the bottom up. From the foundation up. The world that can't tell you who we are. The world can't give us our identity and tell us who we are. Because if we accept that, then we look for things to, to meet that identity. And God has to strip those layers away that we've allowed the world to convince us of who we are. God has to strip those layers away to get to the heart and start building again. God is in the construction business. He's in the restoration business tonight. If you feel God tugging at the strings of your heart, it simply is because he's reaching out to your the core of your faith. He's reaching out to your foundation. He's reaching out because he wants to build some something not for you, with you. God wants to build a life, a victorious life in him. He wants to build that with you. It's a partnership. It's a relationship. So I'm going to close off in prayer. But before I close off in prayer and call this altar call, if you are specifically seeking after the gift of the Holy Ghost, I wonder if you pray in the front here. I can say I'm super spiritual and say the Lord just leads me to people. Or I can just ask, do you need the gift of the Holy Ghost? Makes it much easier. And sometimes when I ask that question, we just automatically think, oh, I've got the Holy Ghost. Do your kids do? Do your kids have the Holy Ghost? You can bring that to the front. I remember one time, Pastor, I, I called an altar call. I thought I preached a great message. I thought I preached a great message. No one came. And I was like, awkward. But they just happened for whatever reason. It wasn't because I was there, but they just happened to cancel Sunday school that morning. So I said, well, if you don't want to come, bring the children to the front. Six children filled with the Holy Ghost that morning. God wants to pour out his spirit tonight. Amen. God wants to fill you with his spirit more than you want to be filled with his spirit. And the gift of the Holy Ghost is, is available tonight for the whosoever will. 
But maybe we just have to surrender a few things. We have to strip a few things back. Some things that are hindering us. We're going back to basics. Simplify it. All it is is examining our hearts tonight. And allowing the Lord to sit upon the throne of your heart. 